The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Now on next Monday's programme we're going to have Phil McNulty and Jim White talk about Red on Red, Liverpool, Manchester United and the fiercest rivalry in world football. I can tell you that it's going to be on next Monday in advance of the big Premier League clash at Old Trafford that evening because I recorded it earlier today. But while we were recording a piece about that book, which is very, very interesting in its own right, I took the opportunity to ask them about the possibility of Manchester United being sold by the Glazer family, the current controlling shareholders, the majority shareholders, and been taken over by Jim Radcliffe. Uh, who is the richest man in Britain. He's a man with a value of about €21 billion. He recently tried to buy Chelsea Football Club, which would suggest that his love for Manchester United might not be quite as deep as some fans of that club are suggesting. So, as I spoke to Jim and Phil, we thought we'd actually play this extract from the recording out today because of all of the news that we're hearing today. So I asked Jim about the possibility of the Glazers selling, the chances of that happening and what difference it might make. I think it would make a huge difference. I think uh, the supporters would be right behind Radcliffe um, because he's a Mancunian, because he's England's richest man, because he's uh, put a lot of, of his own money into sports, um, cycling, sailing, uh, and so on. But principally because he's not the Glazers. Uh, you know, anyone but the Glazers uh, for United. Because these people have uh, diminished United. Uh, they've, they've sucked the lifeblood out of it. They've not invested. They've let it wither on the S- vine. Sorry, sorry, hold and on one second. That. Jim, Jim, I have to take issue mm. with you there. Over the last five years, Manchester United have spent about 850 million quid on players. No, Only no, Manchester me, me City and Chelsea the, have spent more, and not by a lot more. And not a penny of that has come from the Glazers. Don't give me that. Not a does single it penny. Does it matter Not where it single, comes from? I mean, of it's, course it's, it matters because they are draining United, and it's not only that. They're incompetent. It's, it's not that they're just leeches, greedy leeches who suck the dividends out of the club and don't invest and, and allow the infrastructure to collapse about them. It's the fact that they are so incompetent. They spend eight hundred million. Most of it has been wasted on terrible players. And, you know, you look at Liverpool and look at the way in which their owners invest in really good middle management and ensuring that every aspect of the club is vital and working and has real excellence in every level, principally the manager, Jurgen Klopp. And then compare it to the way that Glazers have. Don't come back to me and tell me that they've invested. They have done nothing for that club, apart from drive it into the ground. Okay, but why do people get so worked up about the Glazers applying American capitalist principles to the management of Manchester United? Because... Sorry, I just want to finish the point, Jim. When I never heard quite as much complaints about Roman Abramovich, an oligarch with very dubious sources of wealth, investing his money into Chelsea, why was that all right? Because it's not the Glazers' money. They did a reverse takeover piling a vast debt onto Manchester United. The difference between them and PSG, who, um, the, sorry, FSG, the Fenway Sports Group, who uh, run Liverpool, is chalk and cheese. 
And Manchester good, good United fans. But wait a minute, Manchester United fans were against this lot of leeches from the get-go. They were saying that the reverse takeover would cause infinite damage, and they were proven right. Don't for a minute think that these people have invested in the club. They have not. Oh, they've taken an absolute small fortune out of it. But still, I have to come back to you. Why is that more objectionable than the way Abramovich, money that we don't, we don't know where Abramovich got his money from. And the, also the takeover of Manchester City, for example. Again, the, and the civil rights backgrounds of the state from which that money comes who's, from. Who's, who's saying that these people are good people? But the point is, they're very good at running football clubs. The Glazers are bad people who are useless at running football clubs. You can't see the difference between the manner in which the, 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 uh, the Abu Dhabi state run Manchester City and the way the Glazers run Manchester United. You're not looking closely I enough. I can see it's the difference, but my issue cheap. is, my issue, Jim, is with the source of the money. Because at least in the case of Manchester United, and I can understand why the fans uh, hate the fact that so much money has been sucked out by the Glazers in dividends and interest repayments and all the rest of it. Fully understand it, but at least it's self-generated money rather than the rather dubious sources of money that have been applied at clubs like Manchester City, Chelsea, now Newcastle United and others. When was the last time you went to Old Trafford? Uh, 12 years ago. I was there to see Leeds beat them in the FA Cup. One of the best games I was ever at. Uh, 12 years ago, um, Old Trafford was probably... uh, still reasonably one of the best grounds in the country. They have not invested a single penny in it since. It's falling apart. Compare that to Liverpool with the new stands. Compare that to Manchester City with the new stands. Compare that to Tottenham with the magnificent new stadium. And and this is where their incompetence is the important thing. Listen, it's not simply the the source of the money. And and, and I've written at great length about how appalling... Roman Abramovich is and, and how appalling it is at Newcastle and, and so on and so I forth. I know you have The difference with United is the incompetence of these people. They're useless. That idiot Ed Woodward who was in charge for so long. Phil, we certainly managed to get Jim wound up on that one anyway. Oh, I was enjoying that. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting back in the... When you mention the Glazers, that put, presses the button. Jim is pulling away. Uh, no, I enjoyed that. What, what, what were we talking about? Now. Well, actually, like, just can I, I ask you, question? Phil, as, as BBC... No, no, don't ask me about the Glazers. I, I want Jim to talk about the Glazers. <laughs> Are you not worried, though, that Manchester United will rise again like a phoenix if they get new owners? Oh, I think there's always the possibility of that because um, whatever circumstances they're in now, um, there's always the possibility with good management and good running of the club that, that the, a club that has previously been struggling can come back to, to preeminence. We've seen it with Liverpool um, in amongst Jim's heartfelt uh, upset about, about the Glazers. He did mention Liverpool and the FSG. And the key to, to them has been, as you said, appointing the right people in, into the right jobs. And most significantly, in my opinion, the manager. Uh, one of the one of the big things, I think, that Manchester United's weaknesses, how they've been exposed. Um, and I've mentioned to this Jim a few, to Jim a few times, was two or three years ago, Carlo Ancelotti, Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola were all managing within 35 miles of each other. And none of them were at Old Trafford. 
Manchester United had tried at various points to appoint all of those managers and somehow managed not to do it. That, to me, drives at the heart of, of how the club has not been well run and why they find themselves in the position they are now. But, but to answer your question, there is always the possibility of a club like Manchester United with its history, its riches and its vast global fan base coming back. But it needs to be better run than it is now and it needs to be signing better players than they're signing now. Um, and, you know, it, it, we're two games into the season. They've lost at home to Brighton. Uh, and away to Brentford, so there is crisis talk around Old Trafford, um, and the one the one straw that maybe they can clutch at is if they do manage to beat Liverpool next week, they're above them in the league. But certainly, Manchester United can never ever be written off as a club that will never come back because there's too much history, too much power, too much of a fan base, um, and the club, while maybe not the attraction it once was. Uh, for players around the world, but there are teams in the Premier League who who will choose who will be ch will chose clubs ahead of Manchester United. When not so long ago, if Manchester United came in for you, you were there in a shot. Um, but Manchester United will always have the capacity to come back. Um, I do agree with Jim's point that it may need or it will need fresh ownership, fresh direction, fresh management. But I would never ever write off Manchester United the okay. same. As when Gary Neville was talking, he never wrote off Liverpool. That's always there. And again, that's part of the rivalry that drives both Liverpool and Manchester United. Phil Jim, Jim, come in briefly, sorry, quickly. Sorry. sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, uh, I think I think you know there's a there's a really there but for the grace of God thing with Liverpool because um, Hicks and Gillette, who um, took over um, in, in, in the mid-noughties. They, they were the equivalent of the Glazers. True. You know, they got in by uh, um, uh, reverse takeover, getting the, the de piling up the debt and so on. And, and, and they were, you know, on a level of huckster incompetence that, that the Liverpool fans were appalled by. Uh, and and the, the great thing for Liverpool was... Uh, that they were actually driven out by the high court um, because because of their debt issues uh, caused by the global crash in 2008. And as a result, they got proper, professional, sensible, real, high-quality owners. Now, listen, Liverpool, the, the, the family sports group have made a lot of uh, missteps, um, you know, uh, trying to charge 77 quid for, for uh, uh, ticket prices, um, you know, uh, Trying to get on the furlough scheme, they, they, they do they do make missteps. Um, I'm not saying they're they're perfect in everything they do, and and they're capitalists red in tooth and claw, but they're very shrewd and they know what they're doing, and they've got good people. And, and, and you know the comparison with 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 Hicks and Gillette, who who uh, Phil, am I right in saying they appointed Roy Hodgson? Which I think sort of sums it up, doesn't it? <laughs> Jim White uh, and Phil McDonty. Okay, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. Jim White, columnist with the Daily Telegraph, Phil McNulty, chief football writer with BBC Sport, and the authors of Red on Red, Liverpool, Manchester United, and the fiercest rivalry in world football. And you can hear all about that in next Monday's Last Word as part of our build up to that big game at Old Trafford on Monday night. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4 30. Today FM.